are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. My goodness, I'm kind of lost in the guitar solo. Um, was there a video? I didn't notice it. Yeah. Wow. My goodness. Kind of like, should we do that again? You know? <laughs> so good. Wow, great. So when, when I said earlier at prayer time that, that Jesus says, remain in me so that you will be filled with my joy and your joy might be full, is that within reach for you? Do you understand what I'm asking? Is that, is that like possible for you? Do you see that as possible in your life? The, the reason I ask you is because I saw an article the other day and it caught my eye because of one word. And we talk about today joy for a weary world. And the word wearying was in the article. I've never used the word wearying. Have you? Like I say, it makes me weary, but I never say it is wearying. But it, it's the word in here. And so let me just read the article to you. It's very brief. The unending nature of the pandemic. I relate to that. Is it ever going to end? You know what I'm asking? Twice I've said, by this time we'll be through it, and I burn myself both times, and I will not put my hand back into that flame again. So now I'm just kind of living in it, okay? The unending nature of the pandemic, the mask, the COVID test, the Zoom meetings, and anxiety-producing runny noses. I kind of laughed at that because every time somebody sniffles or cough, we're like, hey, whoa, hey, you okay, you know. Um, he goes on to say, is wearying. The unending nature of the pandemic is wearying, makes me weary. Airlines have canceled thousands of flights. Subways and buses are running less often. Schools sometimes cause off entire days of class. Consumers wait in long lines in stores. Many things you can't purchase. Annual inflation has reached its highest level in three decades. True story. So while some of these disruptions are minor inconveniences... Others are causing serious troubles. So listen to this. The increase of social isolation has harmed both physical and mental health. Americans' blood pressure has risen. Can I get a witness in the house today? Fatal drug overdoses have soared. A report this week from the Surgeon General True Story found that depression Suicide attempts, anxiety, and impulsive behavior had all risen among children and adults. I'm sorry, children and adolescents. I'll read it again. The Surgeon General found this week that depression, suicide attempts, anxiety, and impulsive behavior has all risen among children and adolescents. I'll say it again. The unending nature of the pandemic is wearying. I don't even know how to say wearying very well, but it's wearying. And all of that is happening in a country that is probably more prepared to deal with the pandemic than any other country in the world. So, when I think about our world, when I think about what's going on with us, I think about the world that Jesus entered. And so when I say that our world is a weary world today, I think the world that Jesus entered was a weary world too. So, you know, they were waiting, they were longing for a better life, a better world, a better situation. But world that they lived in was hard. It's always in this season that way, say, we, are, we identify with those who are waiting for the coming of Jesus. 
And, and you always live with that tension, right? It's like, are we really identifying with their waiting? Because in 13 days, we're going to say, Christmas is here. We're not waiting anymore. Uh, now we have hope and now we have peace and now we have joy and now we have love. But the truth of the matter is the kingdom of God has come already, but not fully yet. You with me? And we're waiting for the second coming. And in the second coming, then that's when everything gets made right. But right now we're in this in-between time. Let me, let me explain it to you how it looks in my life. I think this could be really helpful to you as you kind of work through the way that we think about Advent, okay? So Jesus came into my heart when I was 19. I began this, you know, awesome relationship journey with Jesus. And, and I'm here to tell you that Jesus filled my heart full of hope. And I live with a lot of hope. But when I look around in this world, I see a lot of despair. And so although Jesus lives in me and he's given me an incredible sense of peace. I mean, I'm telling you, I lay my head on my pillow at night. I'm at peace. But everywhere I look in my world, I see unrest. Does this make sense to you? Jesus lives in me and I'm telling you, I am full of joy. Hang around me. You'll see. But there is sorrow everywhere I look. Jesus lives in me. And in my heart, I can just tell you, God has filled me with his love. But in this world I live in, I see a lot of hate and a lot of dissension. And so we all are in this in-between time. We're all waiting, right? It's like, so when does it get better? When do we get this better world? And so we await for his second coming when he sets all things right. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to leave you in the dregs this morning, okay? Because there's really good news. And the good news is that Jesus is God's gift to us. And there is joy even in the waiting. So I want to take you to the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And I'm going to begin reading with verse 8. If you want to grab a Bible, I'll put the words on the screen for you as well. So here we go. But... Rather, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Now, the reason it says they were living out in the fields is because they actually lived in the fields, okay? Didn't have a home somewhere else. They were shepherds. They lived out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So the reason we sing songs like O Holy Night and Silent Night is because it all happened at night. You with me? An angel of the Lord appeared to them. I have never in my life had an angel of the Lord appear to me. But an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, the Old Testament word is Shekinah for glory. So I think you're getting the picture. There's an angel, and then the glory of God just begins to shine all around them. Can you imagine? Can you kind of slip away on that hillside, see these shepherds who probably would look to us like people who are homeless? All right? And all of a sudden an angel appears and then the glory of God begins to shine around them. And they were terrified. And you and I would have been terrified too if it had been us. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Now, the only sentence I'm really going to be able to focus on today is this one sentence. But the whole story gives us context. So I'll read the whole story. I bring you good news. So we just mentioned there's good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, 
a Savior. He's going to rescue His people. Has been born to you. He is the Messiah, God's anointed one, the Lord. He has power and He has authority. You need a sign? Okay, this will be a sign. I'll give you a sign. Here's the sign. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. You understand the manger had purpose. It wasn't just there happened to be a manger. The manger was how God was going to say to the shepherds, that's the right baby, that one right there, the one in the manger. Not other babies in mangers. You'll know when you see it in the manger. And suddenly a great company, the heavenly host. So there was one angel. Now there's a company of heavenly hosts. They appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom His favor rests. Now, we saw a pretty good sound and light show just a few minutes ago, right? It was awesome. As good as it was, I don't think it compares to this one. It's, it's a heavenly host singing. It is the glory of God, the Shekinah of God shining all around. God gets the glory. We get the blessing. It's the way it always works. Give God the glory. God gives us the blessing. So when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a what? manger because the manger was the sign that's the baby okay in first service I said a what and some little bitty kid said a manger it was beautiful so when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them but Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told, because God always keeps His Word to us. You remember I told you that in 2019, I traveled to um, Israel? Um, It was an awesome experience, but there were some shockers along the way, things I just did not expect to see, okay? So here's a picture of one of the things that I just did not expect to see in Israel. Okay, you ready? Here it is. This is present day stuff. This is when I was there two years ago in 2019. The reason it shocked me is because it looks like something that I would have imagined being in existence 2,000 years ago. I can't imagine it looking any different than this right here 2,000 years ago. And I remember just looking at this site thinking, wow, this is like surreal because, you know, when I open the Bible and I read it about what happened in Israel in the New Testament, I think it looked like that right there. I'll give you another picture. Um, And this is not a great picture. It's taken back off from the highway, but um, they're called Bedouins, okay? Not shepherds today. They're called Bedouins. They're nomadic people, which means they move around. So they have to live in Houses that look more like tents, so they're not really houses. They're like not permanent structures. They take them down and move them, and they just live on the land. The Israeli government really struggles with Bedouins because Bedouin says, this is our land, and the government says, no, it's not your land, it's our land, and they're going, no, it's our land before it was your land. And so they don't know really what to do with the Bedouins because they just live everywhere, but they live outdoors in these tents like this. They're shepherds. Sometimes... When you get close to them, they 
look like people who are more homeless than anything else because they are. But it was to these people that an angel comes. We're going to come back to it in a moment, but the angel says to them, there's good news. And this good news is going to cause joy. All right? A lot of joy. So I didn't know how to ask you this. So I showed up, got out of my car. I still don't know how to ask you this. But I want to ask you, what brings you great joy? So I thought about just stopping dead still from talking for like one minute and saying, take a connect card from under the armrest and write down some things. And I thought some people won't do it. I don't want to write down things. People might look over my shoulder and see what I'm writing. I don't know. So I thought I won't stop dead still. But if you want to take a card and write some things down, you can. If you want to write in your phone, you can. If you promise not to look at other things on your phone while you're writing down what you, you know, brings you great joy. But, but what is it that brings you great joy? I mean, we're in church, so you should be somewhat religious, I suppose, with your answer. So one of the things that brings me great joy is when I meet somebody who has just come to know Jesus. Great joy. It's awesome. Especially somebody who's just wide-eyed and just like, wow, I know Jesus now. Like uh, my family brings me joy. Hanging out with my granddaughter brings me so much joy. Um, Family vacations... All of us go, our two daughters, Morgan's boyfriend, and that, uh, Brittany's family. It is like, it brings me so much vacation. Summer vacation with my kids is just, it's the greatest. A couple of years ago, Annette had a birthday. It was a big birthday. Can I say 60? Is it okay? Yeah, 60. And, um, and so what she did not know after shopping all day with her friend Julie, who was in town, and my friend Jeffrey, uh, came in the house to see Morgan there with a big cake and all of this incredible food. And the dining room table was set immaculately. It was beautiful. And there was food in the oven. And Morgan, Annette is like, "Who, Morgan, did you do all of this? But what Annette does not know is what comes running out of the bedroom and jumps into her arm. And it's Sadie. She didn't know Sadie was anywhere in town. And then Brittany comes and Tim comes. And we all cried it still brings us joy when we remember it. We have a video, and I watch it ever so often. What brings you joy? Frederick Beekner said, We can't take credit for moments of joy because we don't usually create them. They come when they come. They're sudden. They're quick. And they're unrepeatable. He says, sometimes we find joy in just the thought that we're alive. And sometimes we feel joy when we see a blue sky or the green grass or the blue ocean's waves or the face of a friend. Now, I like that one. Come on, get your ugly face in here. It brings me joy when I see it. He said, sometimes it's the release of... Of being well when before we were sick. Or being forgiven when before we were ashamed. Or being loved when before we were alone. Joy. So when the angel appears to the shepherds and he says, Good news, it's going to bring great joy 
cause great joy. I don't think it was just a matter of talking about uh, a moment of joy. I think it's something much deeper than that, something much more than that, more of like a, a state of being, right? So I don't want to preach last week's sermon, but kind of I do. I'll admit to you, I kind of do because I think repetition is good for us. But I think like we chase peace, we sometimes find ourselves chasing joy. And, and we live with this attitude that, you know, I'll be joyful when or I'll be joyful if, like we talked about last week. If I can get beyond this crisis that I'm in, then maybe I'll be joyful. Or if I can get, you know, through this situation that I've gone through, then I'll be joyful. Or, or when this happens, finally happens, that I've been waiting for to happen, finally happens, then maybe I'll be joyful. But that's a joy that is dependent on when and dependent on if. Right? But when I read this story, that's not what I get at all. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's different than that. I quoted Franklin Delano Roosevelt last week. Crazy enough, I'm going to quote him again this week. Here's what he said. Comparison is the thief of joy. So I think comparison, you know, these days I just blame it on social media. But then again, I blame everything on social media. Whatever comes up, I just say that's because of social media. I don't care what it is. Everything is social media's fault. But I do think that we tend to compare more so because of social media. So he says what happens when we compare, we either feel superiority or inferiority. So when we see ourselves as superior to someone else then we become prideful. But when we feel inferior to someone else, we become jealous. And neither pride or jealousy leads us down the path that any of us need to go. It's bad for us. And so it's often that we look at our lives and we look at the life of somebody else and we say, if I had their life, sure, I'd be joyful. But I don't have their life. This is what my life looks like right now. I didn't plan to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that the world of celebrity should teach us this lesson. Because whose circumstances are awesome but celebrities? Who has more money to their discretion than celebrities? Who has more of a fan base than celebrities? And we look at them and we just kind of stand in all of their lives. We even try to get close to them. It's interesting that we want to see them up close. Circumstances, they check all the boxes. But they're most often the most miserable of people that we ever know in society. And it's often their lives who comes apart first. See, here's where I'm going with this. There is a joy that goes beyond sorrow and sadness and suffering and struggles. Yes, all four of those words did begin with the letter S. That's called alliteration. I learned that when they were teaching me to preach in school. But it is true that there is a suffering that goes beyond sorrow and sadness and suffering and situations. I love these words. They come from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Here's what he says. Sorrowful. 
yet always rejoicing. <laughs> Do you love this? You've got to let it soak in. I mean, you just got, you just got to live with it for a minute, okay? It's paradox? What do you call this? Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. So it's, it's this idea that sorrow and joy somehow is able to coexist. Yeah, life is challenging right now. I'm dealing with some sorrow. I got some stuff going on. But in the midst of all of that, I'm rejoicing. Let, let, let me get close to your heart here just for a minute, okay? Here's the deal. That, that if we think in terms of I will be joyful when this happens or if this happens, okay? Then joy becomes a destination that I'm hoping to one day arrive at, right? So if, if my thinking is that when this works out or if this happens, then I will be joyful. Then in my mind, I see joy only as a destination that one day I hope to arrive at, right? That's not what the angel's talking about. Joy is not a destination. It is a gift. The Bible verse that you know better than any other says, God so loved the world that He gave. He gave a gift, His Son, which is the source of our joy. Which brings me to this thing that I've been wanting to say all morning. I couldn't wait to get here. I'm finally here. I can't believe it's here, but here we go. You ready? Joy is not a result of where we are in life. It is a result of where we are in Christ. Oh, that got your attention. Yeah, I got an amen. Joy is not a result of where I am in life. Joy is a result of where I am in Christ. That joy is not dependent on the ifs and whens. That is a sustaining joy. That is an everlasting joy. That is a joy that does not leave me. It's a joy that I live with every day of my life. We had this nutty thing happen at our house not long ago. Annette and I were um, asleep on a Saturday morning in bed. Typically, we sleep in our bed. And, um, and, and there was a loud, like, boom. The truth is, I sleep on the couch every night before I go to bed. Now, that is the truth. But there was a loud boom, a loud boom that woke me up. And I kind of, you know, you know, you're asleep, you wake up out of your sleep. It's, a, it's kind of a... It's kind of unnerving. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I kind of get a little nauseated when that happens. I just don't, I'm not settled. And, and so I, I, I raise up in bed. I'm trying to, what, what, what is, what, what happened? And then I hear what I'm pretty sure is water running in my house. Like water dripping water. I'm hearing That's a pretty distinctive sound. Don't you agree? Water. And so I jump out of bed and I run, now I'm wearing, a, all I have on is a pair of shorts. I run out into the kitchen and there is, our lights in our kitchen are like these lights, these, uh, these uh, recessed lights. And water is just pouring out of every one of those lights, just coming down onto our kitchen, everything. And so I run through the kitchen, try not to fall and break my neck out into the garage to turn off the water main, okay? But I don't turn off the water main. I turn off just the valve that turns off the water to our kitchen sink. I know, crazy, but I, I messed up. and I, So the water is still pouring. I run upstairs thinking the water is turned off. I open the attic door, but water is shooting out of this hose like crazy. It's a hose that blew off of a geothermal heat pump unit, air conditioning, heating thing. I don't know a lot about it, but water is just pouring out of this hose. I try to put it back on, and when I do, it just water is just spewing everywhere, you know, and it just... 
I mean, I, I now am completely soaked. I'm just, I'm not only only wearing shorts, my hair's, you know, like I slept in it, but it's just like I'm just, I'm completely soaked. I've got on glasses and they're completely soaked and it blows the pipe off again. I get a bucket, I stick it under there. It fills up so fast, I can't believe it. I throw another bucket under. I run to empty this bucket in the bathroom upstairs. By the time I get back, the other one's full. I need to go to the bathroom so bad I can't stand it, but there is no way I can go. I just got to keep running the buckets back and forth and run the bucket because I don't want more water coming into my kitchen, and I don't know how to turn off. But in the meantime, we have called Johnny. Johnny comes and helps us with everything that breaks in our house. And finally, after 10, 15 minutes of this, Johnny shows up. The water just goes off suddenly. And I was so grateful. And then he comes upstairs, and I'm standing there. I'm not making this up in a pair of shorts, looking awful, soaking wet. My glasses are like this. And I just said, how'd you get the water off? You know? And Johnny, Johnny looks at me like, you, you mess, you know? And he just says, you know, your hand is bleeding really bad. And I look over, and sure enough, blood is just pouring on my hand. And I cut it somehow. I didn't know it, but it was a bad, deep cut and he goes go take care of your hand you know you know what i've learned through that whole experience that that running water in your house through pipes is an awesome blessing but water running freely in your house is a very bad thing it's a very devastating thing i learned something else and by the way we're beyond it a bunch of people came to help out and doug came and everything's fixed we're all back to normal but i learned something else that sometimes in life things break and sometimes it's a water pipe. And sometimes it's emotions. They get broken. And sometimes it's a relationship. They get broken. And sometimes it's a hip. It can get broken. Sometimes it's a bone. Sometimes, sometimes we just break. True story. We just break. Here's, here's, here's my heart this morning. I've been a part of this community for about 10 years almost. And I've, I've watched some of you go through some of the toughest stuff I can imagine. Talk about brokenness. I've watched you suffer and fight really bad diseases and live to tell about it. I've watched some of you lose people that you love way too young. I've watched some of you have your families just kind of ripped apart in front of you. I've watched you go through some really tough stuff. And I've also watched you walk in here on Sunday morning and raise your hands and rejoice in the Lord because He is good. It's amazed me because joy is not a result of where you are in life. It's a result of where you are in Christ. And I've watched you live this life in Christ. And I've watched you rejoice through the difficult and the hard times. Praise the Lord. I've really only got one thing else to say. And that is that I don't think the whole shepherd thing is like a, um, you know, mistake. I think it was fully intentional on God's part. I got, I got a feeling if the angel ever said, uh, God, could we talk about the shepherds? Sure. You sure you want to go to them? Yeah. Why? They're different. I would think God said, they are. <laughs> I didn't notice. 
You understand that shepherds lived outdoors most of their lives. They were weather beaten. Did you know they were banned from any religious ordinance because they were not ceremonially clean? They were nomads. They just moved from place to place. As far as society was concerned, there was nobody lower than a shepherd. But the angel came to shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus <laughs> and to say who he was, Savior, Lord, Messiah. I want you to be the first to see him. The sign's the manger. That's where you'll find him. That's how you'll know who he is. So it's not a matter of simply this, that joy is not only not a result of where you are in life, neither is it a result of who you are. I don't come from the greatest of stock, Rick. My family's not very important. I got some stuff in my past. I've done some things I'm ashamed of. We always try to disqualify ourselves. But I am 100% sure, okay, that when the angel says, for all people, I am 100% sure that if we made a list of all the people who has ever lived in the world, that your name would be on the list. And that this good news is for you too. Even though sometimes you try to disqualify yourself, I'm just here to tell you that if we made a list of all of the people in the world, the angel was talking about you, wants you to be joyful, wants you to be full of joy, wants your life to be full and complete with joy. That's what God wants for you. Joy, joy, joy even through the tough times. Joy, joy, your life is filled with joy. That's how people see you. That marks you. You're the joyful bunch. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me, okay? In a moment, I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, we're going to sing. And, and I really want you to feel free today to come and pray. And here's, here's why. You, you may say, Rick, I, um, I came to know Jesus a while back, maybe years ago, but I, I don't live that life of joy that you're talking about. Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in my love. And this is how you remain in my love. Keep my commands. And then you'll be filled with joy. So you may say, you know what? I have not honored God with the way I've lived my life. And it has stolen the joy out of my life. So I've got some repenting to do. But I'm ready to do it. So maybe today you would come and pray at an altar because you have some repenting to do. I haven't remained in Him. I, I think it's another conversation with somebody who says, you know, I've never, never considered myself a Christian, never taken those steps, never asked forgiveness of sin, nothing like that. But man, this life you talk about is a life I would like to live. And so maybe that's for you today to come. And simply say, okay, here we go. Jesus, it's going to be me and you. We're going to do life together from here on. Confess my sins to you. Ask for forgiveness. I want that joyful life. It also may be that you love someone very much. 
and they are not filled with joy and you want them to be so bad you want them to be right with Jesus or to know Jesus and so I think it'd be great if you came and prayed for somebody you love today in 2022 we're going to pray like crazy for people start today so Lord I pray in Jesus name that you would fill people today with joy because I believe there's joy in the waiting and that joy and weariness can coexist and I pray this in Jesus name Amen You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene Visit us online at bethanynaz.org